This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our country, our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, there are numerous, massive issues facing us right now, and sadly, Many of those um, have to do with uh, restrictions on our constitutional freedoms, and that's going to be, well, the topic of our show today. And we're pleased to have some outstanding guests on the show. I'll introduce them in just a moment. First of all, of course, I want to let you know that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster, prime generous cuts of prime beef, and Australian cold water lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. In fact, now is a perfect time to get your Valentine reservation at Christner's, and you can do that at 407-645-4443, and be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Speaking of preserving our freedom, we're going to talk to a couple people, three people today on our program that are at the front lines in various different ways of fighting for our constitutional liberties and heavily engaged in our in our public debate and in our system. A little bit later in our show, we'll hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini, and he's always doing great work on behalf of freedom and liberty, and we'll find out what he's been up to the last couple of weeks. But right now, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by a regular contributor and good friend of our program, Mr. Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. Derek, great to see you. Thanks for coming over. Wow. Uh, Roger, thanks again for having me. Love being on your show. And uh, boy, your show is making such a difference now more than ever as our freedoms continue to be under attack. Well, thank you. I've, uh, you know, with, with what's happened over the past three to four months, just I've, I've become reinvigorated, if you will, and have a renewed sense of, of purpose, actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I think obviously for, for most of our lives, We've essentially taken freedom for granted, and now every day we see blatant, dramatic, powerful examples of of our freedoms being eroded and actually being under attack. So, anyway, it's we're going to also all have to figure out what we need to do uh, to, to 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 push back. Right. And I, and I know that you're doing the same thing in, in your efforts, and you have been for, for many years. And we'll yes, talk about you got to keep speaking out, even though uh, our team lost a little there and lost some ground. You can't give up. Got to keep speaking out because uh, we're talking about our rights our, that came from our creator, the right of free speech. Can you imagine the right of free speech is under attack in America like we never thought it ever would be? And there have been dramatic attacks since we talked a few, da- a few days ago, in fact. Exactly. We'll talk about some of those maybe. But we're also pleased, very pleased to be joined making her first appearance on the Rock Roger Franklin Williams show is Michaela Getz who's an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, Republican in the Florida State House. Michaela, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And Michaela is also Derek's niece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this introduction. <laughs> Derek, She's awesome. Yeah, you've, all, you've gone above from being a, a great contributor to the show. Now you're helping us uh, book great guests. <laughs> yes. Well, we got to get uh, we got to reach out to the young people. Me and Roger, we've talked about this before on your show. And uh, Mikhail is a great representative. She loves the Constitution. She loves the the founders and what the America was founded on and uh, the principles. And just ask her, and uh, she can talk to you a little bit about that. Okay. Why don't we just address one uh, specific issue or two to get things started? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I talk, obviously, when we talk about freedoms and liberties and constitutional liberties, that to some point can be, uh, you know, to us, it's not nebulous, but to a lot of people, um, it, 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 yeah, I think it needs to be fleshed out a little bit. So obviously, at the, at the at for, first and foremost are the freedom of, 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 relig- of religion, obviously, which is a First Amendment, which it tells a lot about the, the priority founders put on freedom of religion mm-hmm. and freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. And we're seeing dramatic examples every day now. We saw dramatic examples in the presidential campaign where uh, especially big tech refu- you know, well, actually shut down the president right. uh, shortly after, uh, you know, near the end of the campaign. And then, uh, you know, shut down um, 
a new, specifically a New York Post uh, investigative series on Hunter Biden. Just would, would not even carry it. And that's something that I think is new to us uh, as Americans. I've been thinking about why, um, and I'm in the millennial generation on the edge of millennial, and then I think, what is it, Gen Z? I don't remember. The next one. Um, I'm on the edge, 96. And I've been thinking about why is it that my generation doesn't really have a taste for freedom or that we tolerate censorship? Why is it? And my generation was the everybody wins generation, the generation that is too sensitive to lose, the generation that's too sensitive to be told the truth. I mean, I was a generation when I played basketball, they didn't let us keep score because they were afraid we were too sensitive to handle the the truth. And so now uh, I have a generation of people that are too sensitive for freedom, too sensitive for freedom of speech. And... That is what we're seeing. That's why people would rather be comfortable with less freedom than uncomfortable with lots of freedom. And I think that is what we're trying to fight back, especially in my generation, is this. It's okay to be offended. It's okay to disagree. And we have to fight for everyone's right to say something that I really don't like and I don't like to hear. But I think because we're the generation that was not allowed to lose, (laughs) we're just uh, not comfortable with being uncomfortable. Very insightful. Exactly. And now let's go back to... Michaela Getz and Michaela, can you? I'm got a kind of a different question, uh, uh, spin on that question, if you will. So, so how did you, as an individual, how did you, and why do you, you know, um, appreciate freedom and, and have a have a, an understanding of it, and an understanding of the threats? There's a few practical reasons, and I, I've said this before. One of them is that I was raised in a family that taught me to love America, love freedom, and to love God. And they inspired me to really research into what were our founders doing. And, of course, I I believe that the founding documents were a a work of God on earth, that it's not a perfect system, but—and I was taking notes on this earlier—it's not a perfect system, but I do believe it is about the best yet we have ever had to offer, the idea that our rights come from God, they're inalienable, and the government cannot take them away. And that empowers me, at minimum, that I think— my rights are from God. Nobody can touch them. And as soon as I start to feel the government encringing on them, I have this internal alert system that says, no, you can't take that. Only God can take my rights away from me. And that that's what I think has made America, I said, is this ongoing experiment. We keep coming up short of our own ideals consistently. You know, slavery, we came up short of what we said, all men were created equal. We keep coming up short, but in the striving we've become one of the most exceptional nations on the planet. And I recognize that. I've traveled outside of this country. I I lived in Ukraine for a while in a post-Soviet country. And I realize how amazing America is and how amazing it is that I'm able to say what I think. And so is somebody who totally disagrees with me. And um, it's not something I'm willing to give up. And to pick up, well, that was was tremendous. That was powerful. (laughs) Michaela and our guests today are Michaela Getz. She's a an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, who's a state a Republican state representative who represents Osceola and Polk counties, and our in studio guest also is Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. And let me just pick right up and, and connect that to the to the discussion on free speech, Michaela. You know, and and along with finding the truth, and you talk about that process. That of course, of course, America is not perfect uh, you know very flawed and if you just just look at our history um there are tremendous flaws but i think a big part of the story of our country uh, and i think which is largely unique um in, in relationship to other other nations you know throughout the history of the world is that we are continually striving to improve mm-hmm. and address those wrongs like we addressed slavery like we addressed the way the uh, the native americans were treated mm-hmm. um you know Way we addressed um, legalized segregation into uh, the, the 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 20th century, and 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 a, but the, I think a core of that the reason we were able to address that was was free speech mm-hmm. because because these these um, greater truths if you will greater morality uh, greater greater right um, 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 came from these massive these debates that we had. You know, and, and at one point, the people that that, uh, you know, uh, opposed slavery, they were a fringe. Well, just think if they'd have been shouted in any other society, they wouldn't even had a voice. Same way with the civil rights movement, um, it, it, you know, it, over in the Soviet Union or communist China or some South American dictatorship. Um, Martin Luther King, most likely, he certainly would have been imprisoned and very likely would have been, uh, uh, you know, executed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you didn't have 
Uh, so, so the fact that we've got the concept of free speech, that everybody has that right to God-given right to express their views, no matter how uh, unpopular they are uh, among the public or even how unpopular they are among the, the power structure, the government, um, once we lose that, I mean, I, it, it's, 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 it, it, we won't, we'll cease to be America, basically. But, but I mean, but, but I, I'm just putting the, the finer point on exactly what you said about, about free speech as a value that we must must hold a constitutional God given value we must hold on to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. And I think the question is why have we lost our taste for free speech, and what do we do to get it back? And I've been talking a lot about culture, creating a culture that appreciates freedom. We don't. Again, I do look around at my friends and. They prefer um, comfort to freedom and stability to freedom. And that is a deep-rooted cultural thing that we're going to have to address because we're not going to be able to top-down fix the issue that our uh, fellow citizens aren't interested in freedom, right? That they were saying, well, Donald Trump's tweets offend me. I'm glad that he's off Twitter. He he bothers me, and thus he shouldn't exist. (laughs) Exactly. And how do we – we have to fight that back. Um, and it, right, it and, and people need to be informed. Right. You don't have a right to shut somebody else down. Right. Yeah, well, because, you know what? You're Michaela offended. said something earlier. Uh, you know, in her family, we talked about America. I think a lot of the listeners out there who are parents and grandparents, well, how you can make a difference is you can start talking to your your children and grandchildren. You have to speak out. You know, in my house, we talked about religion and politics because religion and politics, that's your life here and your life to come. Those are incredibly, probably the two most important things in your life you've got to talk about. And yes, you don't always agree 100% on everything, but you talk and in a family situation, you usually talk in a more loving way and it's all right to debate because that's what americans do we debate and we argue and we and we discuss our ideas and without using violence so uh anyway that's so important and i think that's what michaela is is reaching out and telling you that we we have to let those ideas we need to talk and debate those ideas over and and support the microcosms of free speech right Right. If, if in your dinner table you think that it's um rude to speak freely why would you think your government should speak freely why would you think government should let you speak freely if your parents don't or if your teachers don't. It's a great point. That, in fact, that's exactly where I want to pick it up when we come back from our break. And I'll tease it just a second so, so I don't forget. Is I hate, you know, it, 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 I'm, I've been frustrated, and I did a show recently where um, I just talked about all the things that, that concern me. Because, I, because you know, in, in, the, in the effort of uh, being uh, frank in the truth, we need, to, we need to confront and address because I do think a lot of us are in denial because um, it's so horrible to think about being censored or, or having people that was you know, an election that that you know <laughs> was fraudulent, <laughs> had fraud in it that maybe affected the outcome. So, but anyway, uh, I, I always ideally want to to add a path out or, or discuss yeah. possible solutions. What do we do, what do we do to deal with the situation? And that's um, yeah, I've got a thought that picks up right from what you said, uh, Michaela. When we come back from break, friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with our special guest today, Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers, and Michaela Getz, an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, the Roger Franklin Williams Show is a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. We will continue our show with our in-studio guest, Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers, and Michaela Getz, an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, Republican in the Florida legislature. And in just a moment, we'll be joined also by phone by Representative Anthony Sabatini, who is also a state representative who covers large part of the Lake County area. Before we go back to our guest, I want to let you know about our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair and let you know that if you have a, are looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, or any other vehicle you might have with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and the Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. In fact, I was just over there this week. 
You can find him at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. And please be sure to tell him Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go back to our guest, Michaela Getz, an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, State Representative Fred Hawkins, Derek Hicks, President of Thompson Jewelers, and Representative Anthony Sabatini. Hello, uh, Representative Sabatini. Thank you for joining us today. Anytime, Roger. Thanks for having me on. You know, you do such great work, and you do it uh, so much of it. Um, I, I'll just ask you an open-ended question. What are some of the things that have been your priority in the, in the two or three weeks since you joined us last time? Well, uh, our session, we're in the, what, what's called committee weeks. We're in committee week number three. In fact, today's the last day of that week, so we're almost in committee week four, uh, which is the sort of preliminary session before the actual real legislative session, which starts in about two weeks. So during committee weeks, we've just the, the work to do right now is really to sort of review all the big bills that are being filed. Most of the bills are now filed, about two-thirds of them. And I'm going through them, and I'm trying to basically focus on finding the ones that are good and co-sponsoring and supporting those bills, and then actually uh, finding the ones that or bad, or at least potentially bad, and flagging those and getting ready to either oppose those or do amendments on those, or just be more vocal on those. So that way the public is armed with knowledge of what's going on in Tallahassee. That's what's kind of kept me busy this week. I got a few bills filed that I think will be moving in the next couple of weeks, but right now I'm focused on sort of the bigger process of what's happening. Now, can you talk about uh, specifically your efforts uh, back during the the lockdowns, even the lockdowns in Florida, to push back um, and from a constitutional perspective. And uh, yeah, that's um, one thing, of course, as you know, it's a, I was concerned about from day one, our friend Derek Hicks of, of Thompson Jewelers, who's joining us, was directly affected by the lockdowns. Um, so can you just talk about uh, that whole situation and where do you think it's going nationwide and, and where do you think it's going in Florida? Well, I think that we're definitely going to see good legislation filed that will make it impossible or very, very difficult to lock down at the local level. Uh, awesome. There's going to be a bill filed that would make it that any time a local government tries to create a lockdown or propose one, it would have to be voted on by the voters of that district, which, of course, is not going to happen. They're not going to want to do the election. Or if it does, the election's going to, you know, people are going to vote against lockdowns. So it's going to take away the ability of local governments to unilaterally, uh, unilaterally uh, create those lockdowns ever again. There's going to be other bills like that filed that speak about mask mandates and other sort of things that local governments did that uh, were just irrational and, you know, shutting businesses down, starting curfews, arresting people. All that nonsense is going to be on the table. And I think it, you know, all the stuff that happens in Florida is going to end up being a watershed uh, policy moment for the nation. They're going to, I think, be very influenced by the bills that come out of Florida this next legislative session. Now, one thing also I want to get your opinion on, friends, we're speaking right now with Representative Anthony Sabatini. He's a staunch defender of our constitutional freedoms. He's a representative, state representative representing a large part of Lake County. And we're also joined in the studio by Michaela Getz, who's a re- an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, and Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. The I think the last time you were on, you know, I expressed that to me the biggest threat, one of the biggest threats, if not the biggest threat that we're facing in terms of free speech, is the power of big tech. You know, and the fact that, that big tech isn't technically a government uh, arm of government. They essentially are privately held businesses. And I don't, certainly, at least my, me personally, I never figured uh, figured the threat to free speech would come from private um, media companies. I always figured it would come from government. Um, and, and, of course, uh, Governor DeSantis addressed this problem uh, in, in a press conference earlier this week. Can you uh, share your thoughts? And you are always so optimistic um, and have great ideas. What What are some of the ways uh, that we can push back uh, in uh, successful ways that citizens and <clears throat> can push back uh, against uh, the infringement, uh, the censorship of big tech? Absolutely. Well, I'd love to talk about that. So, um we all know that right now the social media uh, oligarchs of uh, or big tech oligarchs of so social media companies plus other types of internet technology companies like Google, all the rest of it, 
are all consolidating power over the market. And basically, we don't really have a free market anymore. In the last 90 days, we've seen them try to very seriously interfere with our election by banning President Trump, suppressing the Hunter Biden news stories, and doing a host of other things, including banning uh, private companies like MyPillow and all these different companies are associated with people whose views they disagree with. Uh, and they do it under the, the uh, cloak of saying it's disinformation or they're combating violence or whatever. It's really just fake. So here's the deal. We need to do something on this topic. And I filed the first, so far the only social media bill filed, uh, social media censorship preventing bill filed this, this legislative session. It would create a cause of action against a social media company that censored or deplatformed somebody based on their political viewpoint. It's a very, very simple bill, and it's something that I think needs to pass. Well, the governor has a lot of ideas about what he wants to see on uh, social media censorship. So he had a press conference this week about a bill that they want to generate organically. It wouldn't exactly be my bill. It would be, a, it would be sort of a new bill crafted by the Commerce Committee with a bunch of different ideas, and it's sort of more expansive than mine. And everybody got really excited. I think it will end up being a decent bill, but the thing that's throwing me off a little bit about that conversation and the press conference and all the rest of it, first, let me just be clear, just to be clear to your view, your listeners, there is no bill yet. The governor hasn't uh, unveiled the bill. He spoke in specific detail about what he wanted to see in the bill, but the bill's not been made yet. But the thing that's throwing me off a little bit about the proposal is that it's being referred to as a Social media transparency bill. It's called the technology, I'm sorry, transparency in technology bill. And that's really a different conversation. I think we need a lot more transparency into what big tech is doing and how social media companies are operating. But that's a separate issue, actually, from social media censorship. And I'm just hoping and pleading. I do remain optimistic, but I'm really hoping and really going to be very forceful in trying to influence some of the legislative leaders to make sure that the product, the bill that gets created, is an actual bill that stops deplatforming and social censorship. So the press release that's been passed around over the last six days or so that highlights what the bill would do actually don't really fix the problems that I think concern most Americans. So the two big types of problems are perfectly exemplified by two real-life examples. One is Donald Trump being banned from Twitter just for talking about the election after the election was over. Kind of insane, should not be allowed to happen, and uh, we need to prevent that. The other thing is uh, Twitter stopping and preventing the Hunter Biden news story from being shared when it was shown, uh, when some very illicit, crazy uh, factual stuff was reported on by the New York Post. Under the pre- If you look at the press release that was associated with the governor's conference this week, None of the bullet points speak to those two types of situations. Not, nothing in the proposed bill would actually speak to keeping those kind of news stories uh, from, you know, preventing them from not being shared by social media companies. And also, neither nothing in that uh, press release shows anything that would prevent Donald Trump or another person from being banned. The closest they come to it is a clause where it says uh, a political candidate, while he's running in the in an election, cannot be deplatformed without social media companies paying a hefty fine doesn't specify the exact amount uh desantis said it should be a hundred thousand but it's not written in the press release either way that's a that's a unique problem and it's certainly something we need to fix but the problem isn't that political candidates are being thrown off it's that people are being thrown off movements are being thrown off citizen journalists are being thrown off anybody that disagrees with the democrat liberal narrative is being thrown off and it's all being they're all being censored and castigated under this a ruse of uh, disinformation. So we need a bill that's going to be strong, broad, and pr- actually prevent deplatforming, except in circumstances where a person is clearly violating the law. For example, if you're using a social media account to do racketeering, or you know, say it's pornography related, something where it's clearly against the law, they should be able to be allowed to be deplatformed. But for pure speech, they should not be. Thank you for sharing great insights and um, bringing us up to date. Now, we've got about two minutes, and friends, we're speaking right now with Representative Anthony Sabatini. He represents Lake County in the Florida legislature. You had another uh, – one of the numerous great things you have done recently uh, since you've been in there was you proposed a bill that would name um, a major road um, for, for President Donald Trump, um, I believe Highway 27, 27. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, can you talk about the progress there and – some of the slings and some of the support you've gotten and some of the pushback you've gotten. 
Sure. Well, uh, Donald Trump, I think, is one of the greatest presidents in the history of the United States, certainly in the last 100 years, without any doubt. Uh, so Highway 27, which goes from the Florida-Georgia border, also is kind of measured it, I think it might be the longest road at 491 miles. So I'm proposing we name it after the first Floridian president, which is Donald Trump. Um, we're going to see how that's well received. As you probably noticed with the Liz Cheney failed impeach uh, removal vote this week, there's a lot of rhinos and anti-Donald Trump uh, Republicans in the party. A lot of people who sort of campaign or talk one way, but at the end of the day are sort of beholden to the old traditional Bush-era Republican establishment and actually despise the America First movement, populism, and Donald Trump as a whole. So I'm hoping the bill is well-received. If not, we're going to put it on as an amendment. We'll, it'll be interesting to see how that how that bill is uh, perceived by the legislature and whether it moves. We do know we already have 20,000 signatures from the petition that I have uh, began, which, you, which your listeners can find on Anthony Sabatini on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter.com by uh, typing in my name. I'd love to see uh, some more petition signatures. My goal was to try to get to 100,000 or maybe even 500,000. So we're a quarter there now, and uh, I I would encourage your viewers to check it out. Well, Representative Anthony Sabatini and I I, support your efforts in that regard 100%, absolutely. Um, And I agree with you. President Trump, one of the greatest presidents we've ever had in the conversation for for the greatest, I think, uh, right up there with George Washington and Reagan. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, once again for great information and especially for the great work that you do, the courageous work you do um, and the difficult work you do to to, uh, preserve our constitutional God-given liberties. Thanks so much and uh, look forward to be back on the show very soon. Call me anytime. Appreciate it very much. Representative Anthony Sabatini. Friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franken Williams Show. Please stay with us. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Have a, hope you're enjoying the program. Really enjoyed that conversation with Representative Anthony Sabatini, who's become a regular guest on our show. And he is at the forefront, literally, of making things happen and, and fighting for the preservation of our constitutional principles in many different ways, but especially legislatively, which is incredibly important. Also pleased to be joined in the studio by Derek Hicks, another regular contributor to our show, and also the president of Thompson Jewelers, who so Thompson Jewelers supports all the programs you hear right here on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our sister station, WTLN, Christian Radio. And we're joined by Michaela Getz making her first appearance on our program, and she is an aide to State Representative Fred Hawkins, who represents large parts of Osceola and Polk counties. And Derek, Michaela, boy, I, it's always great to hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini, and uh, he's very uh, – not only is he very solid – on constitutional issues, but he's very articulate in expressing it as well. Uh, he was great. Again, what he mentioned as a business person, that remember that there's no such thing in the, as you read the Constitution as essential and non-essential people. And our governor, of course, said all people are essential. So what a great – I'm glad he's standing up for small business. One thing that was coming to my mind listening to Representative Sabatini is that um, – it's going to take a collaborative effort. We can't look to just our legislators to fix this issue. Essentially, we're not going to legislate away the fact that a lot of our fellow citizens don't appreciate free speech. So we can pass a million laws from the top down, but really this is a bottom-up issue. And that's one thing I think of that a lot of times, and I, I totally respect what Representative Sabatini is doing. We can approach it from lots of angles. But again, if, if the people, the government will reflect the people inside it, no matter what, no matter how hard Representative Sabatini pushes, it will not. We can pass a million laws, and they will not legislate away the condition of somebody's heart, the condition of somebody's mind. That is not something the government will ever be able to do. Which is why I'm so passionate about. I think we look for a lot of solutions in the government, even conservative people, which I find to be kind of ironic because the government. Yeah, I hope they 
stay out of my business, frankly. And I hope they create things to stay out of my business. But then we need to figure out what are the solutions on the non-government side to fix this. Again, legislation is fine. Pass legislation, but what are we going to do on the ground level for this? Which is why I'm so passionate about culture, even more so than politics, which, yes, right now I work for a politician. But <laughs> I, um, I, I listen to some of this and I keep thinking all this legislation will be for nothing while our young people are being raised to uh, worship at the feet of big government. This will mean nothing. We can never fix it this way. And that, I, I don't know what that was really hitting me listening to him is that that will be for naught. That will be for naught. And that we have to, we can't just look to our leaders, our, our po- political leaders, to fix this issue. Um, th- that's not what our founders intended. They intended that we would get our morality from our church. They intended we'd get a morality from our community. And that the government just had to be there to protect our inalienable rights. That they were not going to fix the, the issues in our culture, in our society. So we were talking before the break about what do we do then? You know, if it's not, again, I don't think the government is the answer to almost anything. Truly, I think it's that the answer. That was Reagan. <laughs> Government. Yeah, I, think, I, I don't think they're the answer to basically anything ever other than the more that they can do, which I, I appreciate, you know, Representative Sabatini to state, get the government out of our business, basically. But then, to me, the answer is what is the path forward? It has to be in, in culture. It has to be in education. It has to be in getting people excited about these values that you're teaching on your show, which you're a part of. You're part of this cultural movement with your show. But, yeah, just... There's no way that the laws are going to fix the conditions of our minds and our hearts. Well, I see it a little bit differently, and I, I totally appreciate you know, some, your comments. I see it's kind of you need both. I think you know. I think that, but you're so right. Essentially, well, at least to this moment in our system, constitutional democratic republic. Mm-hmm. Well, Rush Limbaugh, one of the things he's always said over the years, you know, in our system, eventually the people get what they want. Yes. You know, they, uh, what, yeah, that might not be good for them. It might not be good for, for what we want all the time on our side, if you will. But, but eventually the will of the people will, will be manifested. And there's another old fashioned saying, which uh, um, is uh, when, when, the, when the people lead, politicians will follow. Which just I think goes, speaks to what what you're saying, um, but I do think legislation is, is is part of the part of the equation. And that, and if, and I'll give you an example. And I thought about this the last time Representative Sabatini joined us was, you know, as I wrestle with this whole big tech censorship, yeah. which again is is the most I never thought I'd see what's happening. I never thought I would see mm-hmm. a major source of information, Twitter, just flat out ban a legitimate news story. Like what happened, like the legitimate news stories from the New York Post about Hunter Biden during the campaign. I never thought I'd see a legitimate uh, news source uh, ban the president of the United States. Remember, it's always been a long-lasting tradition where any time the president wanted to go on the air to address the nation, the network's – Cleared, you know, cleared the time. No, no questions asked. We have to trace that issue all the way back to its root. Because think about, I mean, I went to school with journalism majors, right? So if you think about the universities, you trace it back to public education. You trace it all the way back. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that this is uh, the journalists that are interested in censoring Donald Trump, censoring conservative voices, are my age. And when I think I went to school with them, you know, I know why they're doing what they're doing. The issue is, and that represents how, how dramatically it's changed since I was in journalism school. Because you know, even you. Know, it, Everybody across the board, from from you know conservative to liberal, and I would suspect, and and I, you know, our professors never really addressed politics for the most part in the classroom. I could kind of figure they were probably on the liberal side, but I'm I mean liberal side. I mean Harry Truman, liberal side. Yeah. <laughs> they all were patriotic Americans. They all believed in the Constitution. They passionately believed in the First Amendment, and 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 that we were trained as journalists. To to uh, not be biased, mm-hmm. to to not interject our personal thing, uh, feelings or thoughts into a story. Uh, our job was to uh, be the eyes and ears of the public. We had a sacred responsibility. We were the representatives of the public, even speaking power to government. Mm-hmm. And when you see some of these press conferences, it's even you know questions to to Biden since he's been elected president, it, it's just What's sickening. Your favorite ice cream flavor, uh, but, yes. but, but particularly <laughs> when you know. You know, forty plus years ago, we were trained as as journalism students to do the exact opposite to to be speak truth to the power and be that person that asks that tough question, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what party or what affiliation. Well, because the to deny had. freedom of speech is an illiberal, illiberal ideology, not a liberal ideology. Is an illiberal ideology. I mean, most people, um, it's a leftist ideology now to shut people down, but a a, a true liberal 
at least that I understood, would be for freedom of speech. We just disagree once we start speaking. And, and, and that shows why how the left has really permeate, permeated our society and specifically exactly. in a position of dominance. But they're in, not in, liberal in, in, in the Democrat Party. It's not liberal. No. Yeah, it's, it's the left, the hard left, what I call the hard left Marxist uh, principles, mm-hmm. which do not believe in uh, – Free speech, of course, at exactly. all. Not to mention, not believe in God, which, of course, when you take God out of the equation, oops, there goes your God-given rights. I, a failing that I think of the conservative movement, though, is that we overemphasize the legislation side and we under, underemphasize everything that leads to legislation, which is why I was thinking, again, of Representative Sabatini. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll end up being both. That's the system working at its best. But we, I said this um, earlier this week that. We underinvest and we underemphasize everything leading up to elections, everything leading up to legislation, and then are wondering why we don't get what we're expecting or what we hope for. But I think that's something that leftists understand very well. They understand how to teach people and reach people at all levels, at all angles. And they never stop working. I'm, never. I mean, they, they're relentless. And yes. you have to be – and I, I wrote that down. I was talking about – what are some of, I was thinking earlier, what are some of the answers to creating a more conservative culture? And one of the things was you have to become equally relentless. You have to be equally relentless. And a lot of um, conservative people are, which I think is a value, are like, okay, well, I'm not going to push my beliefs on you. But and and, and generally, quote-unquote, conservatives, and we're generalizing, but still, 100%. right of center, just want to live their lives. Right. They want to run their jewelry store. Yes. Right. They want to be they left want to, alone. They want to go out and get their sponsors, like I do. They, yes. they, they want to get you know. They, they don't. They don't want to dedicate their life to public policy or to pushing an agenda. And the left, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's which is why an they, inherent problem we got to right. kind of deal with. And that's where they're winning with. Uh, you know, there's so many studies that have been talking about. Like, there's a Pew Research study about how every generation, and this. We can account that people also get more conservative as they age, but we're getting increasingly more socialist, not even more liberal, more socialist every generation. And it's, again, for me as a young person, I don't find that to be surprising. You know, we and Roger have talked on our show about the Democrats and Republicans. See, the Democrats of old that a lot of our parents and grandparents grew up on was the JFK-type Democrats. Remember JFK? Our rights do not come from the hand of government, but from the hand of God. See, that's you could get behind that yeah. kind of Democrat. But that's like Roger just said. The new Democrat is a socialist leaning, glo- if glo- not glo- 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 globalist. globalist socialist. They're not the liberal who believes in freedom of speech. They believe in only their speech is the correct speech. Right. And, and JFK specifically, was what I guess... <laughs> The term now, he, a patriot. Well, I would use the word patriot. He would be derisively termed as a nationalist. John F. Kennedy was was yeah. was all about advancing uh, American ideology. Uh, you know, he was, he was a combat wounded United uh, naval well, veteran. Well, right. and those yeah. are the values we need to try to find common ground in again. That's the most important ones. We can disagree on almost anything beyond the idea that we have inalienable rights that cannot be taken from government and they're not given from government. Um, that, that's the biggest one. If we could just get there, and also that but, we're going to put, a, as Donald Trump did say, put America first. Yes, and America we'll pick this first. up when we come back from the break, and um, once again try to try to find some solutions um, <laughs> amongst all these problems. But but I, but I'll leave it when we head into the break, though. With but see, that's what I think. What what you just said, Michaela, the fact that we have God given inalienable rights. That's the number one thing that's under attack. Yes. that's the thing that that the, the that the heart of where the the Marxists and the and the liberals are taking over. Because Marxists and socialists don't believe are, 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 are in a creator. Going right, they right. don't believe in a creator. Right. If you don't believe in a creator, then you're not going to have any God given yes. rights. And of course, they've been working on getting God out of the culture for fifty or sixty years now, uh, very effectively. So, um, anyway, there are a lot. They're coming. <laughs> we're under attack from all different angles, but yeah, you know, we're just we need to we need to be aware of it and discuss it, and and hopefully, you know. Find some some solutions yeah. and how and we can rally. There's nothing new under the sun. This is the same tactics the progressive era has said. I say it's kind of like I'll go really quickly. I'll, I said it's kind of like the serpent in the garden um, was able to convince Eve because she said, uh, "Did is that really what God said?" And they can say that about the founders. Like, is that really what the founders said? Right. And if you don't know what the founders really said, then it's really easy to be swayed, just like Eve was in the garden. And you had a a great point, and and we'll pick that up when we come back from our break. But before we go to break, I want to give a shout out to our friends Upper to Popka Moore and Equipment Repair, of course. You've come to know them as your one-stop headquarters for everything you'll need, all your lawn and garden needs, and uh, your best home for your the best power equipment tools in the business. 
They're located 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's Highway 441 on the north side of Apopka between the 429 and Plymouth Serena Road. Get up and see Mike and Kyle and Thor and all the great guys at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. Also want to give a shout out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain and let you know that the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic have been voted best chiropractor for now 16 years in a row. So when you're in pain, go see Dr. St. Germain. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to have you joining us today. Hope you're enjoying the show. It's great to hear earlier from Representative Anthony Sabatini, who represents a large part of Lake County. He's on the forefront of battling for our constitutional freedoms and our inherent God-given liberties. We're pleased to be joined in the studio by Derek Hicks, president of Thompson Jewelers. And as you've come to know, Thompson Jewelers supports all the programs right here on our new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and especially the, our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. And we're pleased to be joined also by Derek's niece, Michaela Getz, who's a, a, an aide to Representative Fred Hawkins, who is also in the state legislature, and he represents large parts of Osceola and Polk counties. Before we go back to Derek and Michaela, I want to Give a shout out to our friends over at Network Sound and Video. And of course, uh, speaking of people who support our stations, Vito and Rhonda support all the programs you hear right here. They are a small business as well and been in business for over 35 years serving the people, serving people with who need to have our wonderful memories updated to modern technology. In fact, I just was over and saw Vito and Rhonda just a little bit earlier today. And I want to encourage you that if you have memories, especially in boxes, um, whatever, I'm probably stored away under beds and in your closet, um, you can get those in updated media. You can get them on a flash drive. You can get rid of those boxes and you can get something that fits literally in your pocket and you can share it online with family and friends, not only around the country, but around the world on your computer. That's network sound and video in the best thing about Network Sound and Video, in addition to their top-notch technical expertise, is they care for everything for your precious memories with tender, loving care. Don't ship your precious memories off to California and New York to strangers when Vito and Rhonda, right here in our community, uh, 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood, can take care of everything that you have. That's Network Sound and Video. You can find them at NetworkSoundAndVideo.com or just give them a call at 407-834-8555. And if you call during business hours, a live person will answer your phone. Network Sound and Video. Now back to Michaela Getz and Derek Hicks of Thompson Jewelers. And Derek, speaking of Thompson Jewelers, there's a you know Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And of course, jewelry is the absolute best gift that a man could certainly give to his Valentine. And you've got a very um, big promotion going on to help the guys do that. So could you share us a little bit about it? Yes. Well, uh, Roger, uh, we have uh, a big promotion going on on the radio station. You could still put in to have a chance to win $2,000 shopping spree. Yes, I said a $2,000 shopping spree. You can go online and register or come in the store and register, and we'd love to have you win that. And again, we're having a big Valentine's sale, and I'm telling you, what better gift than a piece of jewelry? Flowers, they die, fade away, candies go bad, or people don't want to eat them because of diets. A piece of jewelry lasts forever. I can't tell you how many guys will come and say, oh, I bought her that piece of jewelry last year. She wears it all the time. She loves it. It's something that's so personal that that's what makes it special. Jewelry is something special, and if you have someone you really love and care about, Valentine's is a perfect time to buy them a fine piece of jewelry from Thompson Jewelers. And one other thing I'd like to point out, too, is having been in that situation over the years uh, and made some mistakes, made some made a few right moves. Unfortunately, I didn't know you back in those days, but uh, made more mistakes than right moves. So, I, friends, uh, he's speaking the truth. A lot of wisdom from Derek. I appreciate you uh, your efforts to help the guys out on this very important uh, situation. But um, you got various price points, too. So a lot of times people think of jewelry, they, they speak of expensive, yes. but that's not the case at Thompson no, Jewelers, we have, necessarily. Uh, I mean, no, we have all, everything. So we have things under $100, even that are 
beautiful pieces of jewelry uh, up to thousands of dollars. It's just counting what you want and what you need. And as a member of one of the largest buying groups in America, we've pulled together with other small companies to have the buying power of the biggest uh, brand box store type jewelry stores out there. And yet we can deliver the their prices that are equal or better than any of the big box stores. Thompson Jewelers. And uh, give them the website. Yeah, we can go to thompson-jewelers.com. We have two stores, one in Orlando, the old Colonial Plaza, and one in St. Cloud, Kissimmee, uh, off 192 in the Hobby Lobby Center. That's right on the, the line between St. Cloud and Kissimmee, right? Very yes. easy to find. Yes. And you can go to our website, theanswerorlando.com, the to register for the contest for the $2,000 shopping spree. And we'll, we've talked about a lot of issues, important issues today, um, Michaela and Derek. And why don't we just try to... Uh, wrap things up a little bit and let's maybe with a ray of hope and uh, talk about some solutions and i know michaela you've got you know some some strong ideas on that well for starters i think we have more common ground than we think that makes me very optimistic especially when i talk to people my age um and i present ideas or concepts that are conservative or even based in what our founders believed in many people are behind the ideas are behind the values. When you say, uh, when we're talking about free speech, uh, a lot of young people say they want free speech and then honestly accidentally vote against it. They, they vote away their freedom unknowingly. So I think that there's, it's, I'm optimistic because it's not as dark as it seems. And as soon as we're able to bring information to where especially people in my generation are, we're able to reach them where they are. I've said before that a lot of these leftist ideas, progressive ideas die in darkness or die in the light. Pardon me. They live in the darkness. They die in the light and we have to bring them to the light. So how do we do that? I think that a lot of people are afraid to engage with conservative ideas because there has been a culture created around them, a kind of propaganda that all conservative ideas represent a really hateful, bigoted, uh, just, uh, racist, all homophobic, racist, yes. homophobic. Yeah, get them all. Just, <laughs> Sing them all, Roger. <laughs> so we have to create a new narrative. We have to, or we have to break that one down, which I think involves speaking out, letting people know. I, it's important to me that people know that I have these beliefs because I genuinely believe that they will be better for myself and for my fellow citizens. I'm guided because I, I believe that God has said it's my responsibility to take care of not only myself but my neighbors, and that is why I'm a conservative. And a lot of people don't hear that, that it's based in love. It's not based in hate. It's, for me, 100% about love. And if we could get that message out to more young people, if we could have more effective marketing, if we could have more effective engagement on the ground and teach people what it really means to be a conservative, which is ultimately about about freedom and love. No, thank you. And, I, I you know, I... What you said is exactly what my solution is too, and I've talked to Derek, and I know Derek feels the same way. Is that yeah, we're going to have to not worry, about, and kind of this goes back to what you said about the legislative process. Not worry about. Let's not just let Anthony Sabatini handle it. Right. Let's not hear Anthony Sabatini on the radio and say, "Okay, he's he's working on it." Yeah, we can leave him alone. <laughs> right. yes, we have to do our part. Sabatini's got it, and you know, Desantis. He'll take yeah, care of it. take care of it. If we win, just win those elections in two years, Republicans get back in the Senate, we'll be fine. Yeah. No, no that, that's that's not good, obviously going to work. Um, we just have to accept the responsibility, each one of us, in, in our own circle of, of sphere of influence. For some people, that could be a large sphere of influence. For some people, it could be one other person. Mm-hmm. It, and that's that's great. Um, right. And, and, and uh, you know, it starts, uh, everyone out there listening, your parents and your grandparents, it starts with you. Reagan said the, the big talking about America starts at the dinner table, and that's where it needs to start with you. You need to start talking to your kids and grandkids. Tell them what it's like to be an American. If you don't know, you should start looking at it. You should be able to defend why America's great and your beliefs and your Christianity the same way. So talk about religion. Talk about politics, and you will change your kids and grandkids forever. And to pick up exactly where you said, and as I've been thinking about what what do I need to do, is because the we're we're right, we're on the right side, and we've got truth on our side. And if you just look at the Declaration of Independence, you know, for about the the second or third paragraph, if you just underline almost every sentence, I mean, you could talk about one sentence a week or a month. Uh, you know, uh, our rights are in doubt. We're endowed by our Creator with inalienable rights. Just that sentence. Most, I'm sure, most people, uh, young people, 
well, most people of any age really aren't that aware of it. it yeah. That's what we talk about. We don't talk about so much Democrats or Republicans or no. you know right. th- that, you know, the political jargon and oh, we got to win these seats or whatever. No, mm-hmm. you just tell somebody, hey, what we're for, we're for your God given. Individual rights. rights, and then and then other the, the right to free speech. We're for, we're for your right to 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 say what whatever you, to express yourself in the public square. It's important that we don't become dismayed when we're in the weeds, the political weeds. Um, I I was really inspired by. I was thinking about President Lincoln looking out on the Civil War, and he there talk about a political divide, talk about censorship, talk about a culture war. And Lincoln said in his Cooper Union address in 1860, he said, let us have faith that right makes might. And in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it. I think that is what empowers me to speak out, even though I might have somebody come against me and tell me that I'm hateful or that I'm bigoted or try to paint me in a way that's just not true. I have to have faith that right makes might, and I have to do my duty as I understand got, it. Right, have play play for courage. And but mm-hmm. what you just said, though, once again, tactics of the left, which pretty much are new to America. You know, I ran for office. You know, thirty you know, thirty years ago, people weren't you know attacking you for being a hater or being being a racist. Right. I mean, they were very passionate about attacking me, my my views Your on ideas. <laughs> right, but, but, well, but, you have I mean, to be but, even... but now it, 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 we're we're in a culture of demonize. If somebody doesn't agree with you, de- demonize that person. Which is why we have to them. know why we believe what we believe, and we have to be able to speak it from truth. We have to be able to speak it from our hearts, and that will convince people because they're going to come against us because that's kind of the machine that we're fighting right now. But if we know why we believe what we believe, then it will sustain through all of that. Well said. And thank you for being here to express that, Michaela Getz. And I'll just say uh, as we wrap up, get faith uh, and hope from our from our founders. Well, every generation of Americans, but especially two examples I'll say uh, here in closing, especially the last year of the uh, Revolutionary War, um, where we actually won it, you know, by preceding the Battle of Yorktown, most people don't realize that was the worst year. It started out, I mean, literally every single day was hanging by a thread, um, and it didn't even look like we would even survive, the, the Continental Army would even survive the year. Uh, all the news was bad. I don't have time to get into it right now, but but so so I you, you, I stopped thinking. Well, how could wash? How could wash? Or all of them? How did they keep going on? Well, they they just did. They, they just did. And what they did was they just said, "It's up to me. I'm going to do what I can do today. I can't figure the whole thing out. <laughs> I can't put it all on my shoulders to win the whole war. I I can do what I can do. And, and that's what collectively our founders did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and God interceded on their side. And you know, they had this wonderful country that we have. Because what we are for is greater than what we are against. Exactly. We're fighting for the truth. Yes, we hold these truths to be self-evident. We're on the winning side. We just have to make our voice heard. Well, thank you for being here, Derek Thompson, to make your voice heard, as you always do, to share great uh, thoughts with us and great encouragement. Thank you for Michaela. Thank you, Michaela Getz. Thank you for being here and for expressing your wonderful thoughts as well. Give a shout out to our producer, Jeff. And of course, it was always great to hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini. That's going to be it for us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show today. We hope you have a, a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us.